This episode right. has 100% less pudding. No. <laughs> pudding was good. Oh. It was all so loud. Are we recording yet? Oh, we are, yeah. Okay, perfect. 100% less pudding. 100% less pudding. All right. Should I Ugh, do the intro? But also 100%, well, no, 50% more beer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more beer, less pudding, more beer. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. All right, yeah, do, do the thing, Allison. <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing. Oh! Tonight we are broadcasting from the Davenport in Portland, Oregon. I'm Allison, and with me are Drew, Chris, and Andy. Hello! Hi everyone! Hey! <laughs> that was out of order, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to bring you a holiday-themed episode. However you like to celebrate, a little horror can't hurt, right? It's a stressful month. A little bit of blood and screaming will help us get through it. So we decided to cover the story from the Vault of Horror comic from EC Comics. Um, it's from the, I think it's issue number 24. Um, it's known as An All Through the House, which was presented as a segment from the Tales from the Crypt movie that came out in 1972, and then later on the television show Tales from the Crypt in 1989 in their very first episode. So we well, watched... Well, second episode. Well... Pilot, though. Second story of the second first episode. Story second story Second vignette. Vignette. Uh, there's some debate. <laughs> yes. None of us actually saw the first broadcast on HBO, so we're just going by what, you know, Wikipedia I... and various articles are telling us. Um, before we get into the episode, though, uh, I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about EC Comics and the Tales from the Crypt comics specifically, and a little bit of the background of that. We all just recently watched a little documentary about that uh, to get some background and some perspective, because this is the first time that we're covering a Tales from the Crypt episode, which we will be doing more in the future. Yeah. Did anybody, after watching the documentary, anybody have some thoughts or reactions to that? I just thought it was cool uh, just to see the background of everything, and, and of course the impending... Controversy then that happened with how violent the the comic was, but then how specific the the notes that they got, I guess, from the comics authority to say you can't do that, you can't do that, and 
Essentially, government meddling is lame. <laughs> yes, yeah. They ruin everything. Go- government and committee meddling. Yeah. There was, there was a committee that was also headed yeah. up by the judge. Yeah, once you get a committee in, let's... And I, I, I'm really mad at myself. I, I took notes during the documentary, but I left them at my desk before I came out here, <laughs> so I do not have my documentary notes. I watched it twice in the last week, and I meant to take notes, and I never got around to it. No, but, it's, it, you yeah. know, it's, it's the weirdest thing. When I was in school, I could not be bothered to take notes about it anything any of the classes i took but now i'll sit down and i'll be as studious as heck about a documentary about comic books never took notes in school still don't take notes <laughs> yeah. quite proud of my non-note taking skills i probably should have uh, <laughs> notes slow me down i have to fiddle with things instead yeah what was it the 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 american association of comics or what was the the authority that they that they formed um yeah, well it was yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly. It, um, the documentary was, I think, originally created as a supplement material to uh, Tales from the Crypt box set DVD. Um, and it's just basically um, titled A History of EC Comics slash Tales from the Crypt. And hmm. um, if you Google that, that's you can find it on YouTube, although uh, most of the uploads are pretty poor quality. Otherwise, if you... Uh, have Tales from the Crypt on DVD, then that you know should be included as a bonus. I'm not sure for which season though. Yeah, it's it's very cool. They have a lot of people who are very close to the original people in EC Comics. They interview a couple of people like George Romero and um, oh boy, that guy Hill who was one Walter of the producers. Hill? Walter Hill, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, John Carpenter is also uh, in it, and they they also interview several of the artists and writers who right. were part of EC. They interview a lot of the people that actually did things for EC Comics, which yeah. is really cool, and then they interviewed a lot of people that made it famous that were inspired by the comics. Mm-hmm. And I love, there was one quote by um, John Carpenter, where he was talking about, I wish I knew the quote exactly, I guess I should have taken notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Carpenter <laughs> was saying how they said people were going to grow up to be, uh, they're going to be delinquents and they're going to grow up to these horrible things. But he grew up to be a great filmmaker. So, <laughs> yeah. so what do they know? Well, it goes to show, too, uh, the, the artists themselves that are writing these macabre stories and just violence and, and gore and everything. And um, you see these interviews of them and they're just like, your, your uncle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Really friendly They're just guys. that yeah. kindly, rotund, rotund uh, white-haired old man. Exactly, that, yeah. Kind of Santa Claus features. Yeah. 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 And they just like their, they like their comics bloody and gory and with their social commentary. Well, I've always been of the opinion that the people who repress themselves and aren't comfortable with expressing their dark side in, in safe, fun ways are the ones you have to watch out for. Oh, you know, yeah. The ones that want to censor everything and say, oh no, that side of human nature isn't real. You know, <laughs> repression comes out in ugly ways. Mm-hmm. So. The politicians that are always railing against people that live a different lifestyle and then they uh, <laughs> get caught for... And on to Chris's it? other blog. <laughs> 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 Other podcasts. <laughs> What's wrong with America? <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, no, censorship has always been an area of interest to me, and I, I thought it was really fascinating how, you know, uh, William Gaines basically took his father's failing comic books company and uh, just basically turned it into something that surrounded his interests and the interests of his friends, and they were able to make 
a very, very successful comic book series and then branch out to multiple other series. But they had Tales from the Crypt. They had The Vault of Horror. They had Weird Tales and several others. There was a, I, I'm not sure if Weird Tales was specifically the science fiction one or if there was also another science fiction comic that was along with that. Cause, hmm. you know, it is quite before all of our times. But, yeah, um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, but, and then, well, then later really... Mad Magazine came out of that whole family. I was impressed as well. to learn that, that Mad Magazine yeah. came out of the. the yeah. uh, I also thought yeah. it was really funny because I've you know, read a lot of EC stuff, um, but the entertaining comics is the EC, but before that even, it was educational oh, comics. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, Nobody oh, wants. they were failing. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Because kids really want to go down to the bookstore and buy some more educational comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so anyway, at a certain point in time, as the comics got got a little bit more and more graphic and they were trying to shock people more and, you know, create even more of a sort of a buzz around what was happening with these comics and, and other competitors were trying to outdo them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, uh, I believe it was certain parent groups and church groups started Yeah, uh, PTAs and local church yeah. groups. Which is just basically like what happened in the 80s with the slasher craze and after another Christmas-themed mm. themed thing, that movie... Um, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night was oh. the one that they that they pinpoint was the turning point where parents started mm. harassing uh, movie producers to the point where they started pulling the plugs on a lot of slasher franchises and trying to scale it back. But yeah, they, they said this is corrupting our youth. There's always some external thing that's corrupting our youth. <laughs> yes. It couldn't be maybe we're slacking as parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's never sociocultural factors. It's always the media and, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. It's, 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 it's the dungeons know. and dragons are turning my kid into a gay psycho killer. <laughs> okay. right. well, oh, so you saw the... that Tom Hanks movie, mm-hmm. Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> Check it out. Wait, what? <laughs> oh yeah. Mazes and Monsters. Another derailed <laughs> portion, but go watch Mazes and Monsters with Tom Hanks. It's like one of his first, first roles. That sounds it's great. Wonderful. It's on Amazon wow. Prime right now. He Whoa. plays, uh, well, no, I don't want too many spoilers. Just watch it. You know what? <laughs> Just watch it. It's slow, kind of boring. You're going to want to stop watching it at some point. <laughs> it okay. teaches you but about the But you keep watching it D&D. to the end and just be mystified that that's how Tom got started. <laughs> and th- this, this strikes home to me is I played Dungeons & Dragons a lot in high school. And I actually had a friend who I started playing a little bit with. And his mom came to me and said, oh, well, you know, we don't let him play Dungeons & Dragons because his uncle who was in a cult at the time, also played Dungeons & Dragons. And that was the obvious connection <laughs> yes, there. Yes, well, yeah, because... he, he started with Dungeons and & Dragons yes, and then and joined the cult, a cult because so... of it. Yeah, yeah so I, I, got, I got kicked out of the house. It, it's, but... it's like, you know, you have a little marijuana and next week you're doing heroin. Uh, I mean, oh, you know, yeah, it's... always. Slippery slope. <laughs> no, I remember I didn't know what Dungeons & Dragons was. And in the really early 80s, there was a scare because some kid got injured yeah the satanic panic yeah Yeah, it was during all that and i don't remember the details but i remember dad i like telling dad stories (laughs) episode two more dad stories episode two like dad Dad story number three yeah yeah dad said hey dad you're not you're not playing dungeons and dragons are you like you're not allowed to play that that's it's dangerous kids get hurt (laughs) kids die playing dungeons and dragons this is what he said to me it was the early 80s i think i was five or six years old and i was 
I'd just seen that movie, The Black Cauldron, that Disney movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was really into occult things already as a little kid. I was just naturally gravitated towards them. I loved the dark crystal and anything kind of witchy or strange. And I was like, there's something called Dungeons and Dragons, and it's a game, and well, kids are playing play it. it. <laughs> what is this? I gotta like, play that yeah, now. I was just like, my little antenna went, I'm like, Let's find out. This sounds amazing. I'm really wondering, though, if there's any precedent for that actually occurring. Where, Because like, I, I imagine 99% of people playing Dungeons & Dragons in their basement were just kind of like, oh, no, it's, I'm going to pick the walk. The, the, the thing that happened, I, I read about this, and I can't remember the exact details, but the guy had had some problems and was involved in a cult outside of Dungeons & Dragons. And oh, when they okay. came back and investigated him after whatever had happened, he was either killed or murdered somebody or something like that happened. This is not your friend's uncle, right? This no. Is <laughs> this, this is the kid in the 80s that all those, all the news reports okay, were okay, about. But something, sure. something happened, something violent happened with him. Um, and they came and investigated him and they found all these D&D books. And, you know, the books right. are full of, oh, no, non-Christian deities and magic oh. and spells. Oh, so and, one guy does it and they assume yeah, no, yeah. One guy kills himself, and they find a stack full of heavy metal records, and they go, "Of right. course, yeah, exactly. the heavy metal records. That's why he killed himself. That had to have been not it. because well, his parents had a problem with his heavy metal records and shunned him and told him he was a horrible person. Right? Every exactly. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in in the UK, they had the whole video nasties mm -hmm. crackdown, and they were trying to blame a couple uh, violent child deaths, like. Uh, one, there was a incident involving two young boys hurting a toddler and, and killing him. It was a really awful story, but they tried to link that to Child's Play, one of the Child's Play movies. And, oh. and then there was some other incident Chucky maybe that they know? tried to tie into to Rambo, one of oh, the Rambo what? films. Yeah, so just, but you know, but it's just that thing, you know. Wait, and, was it Rambo First Blood or was it one of the later ones? Because don't mess with Rambo First Blood. That is a solid movie. I do, I do not remember. Solid um, movie. Anyway, it, so back back to our, our topic at hand. So, you know, this is happening in the 50s, which actually mm. doesn't surprise me, you know, just growing up as an 80s kid and, you know, having the satanic panic. It doesn't surprise me that in the 50s there was a moral outrage So I looked it comics. up. It's the Comics Code Authority, and it was formed in 1954. The mm. CCA. Well, it was, it was voluntary, kind of like, um, what was the... You could the get the code, seal of the, approval. Well, there was the... the the film, the, there was, in the film industry, there was a code. Right. You know, because they talk about pre-code and after the code. Right. It was you can before get, the you can get rated or you can get not rated. Yeah, And if you're not voluntary. rated, people aren't going to put it in their theaters. Right. If you didn't right. have the comics code, people weren't going to put it on their newsstands. Yeah. So basically, they, when the different, when the different people in the comic book industry gathered together and decided to create this association and self-adopt their own code... They self-censored heavily and started policing each other, mm -hmm. and it ended up uh, leading to EC, you know, struggling financially because they couldn't do horror comics anymore. In fact, in this documentary, they talk about horror is a term that gets banned from comics for a while. Yeah, that's not against the law per se. It's you will not get a seal of approval or distribution. Horror crime. Yeah, horror crime, terror, the word and weird. weird. Can't use weird. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, weird fiction, like H.P. Lovecraft stuff. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird kids. That's weird. where H.P. Lovecraft, I'm going mad because I don't understand 
Yeah, the whole nope. universe is weird. <laughs> Interesting that they would ban that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it gives good background for, and you know, these these stories uh, meant a lot to a lot of people who later would go on and work in the film industry. So you end up getting great things like uh, the horror anthology Creep Show, which yeah. is heavily influenced by by that. And uh, which they talk about in the documentary. They do. And it's basically George Romero and Stephen King both talked to each other one day and said, "Hey, did you love these comics? I did love those comics. Did you love those comics? <laughs> I did too. Let's make a movie." <laughs> And then they have the great transitions between with the with the comic frames. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Creep Show. Another one to another yeah. side project. Go watch Creep Show if you've never seen it. It's amazing. Oh, so good. Tom Adrian Barbeau. Tom Savini. Tom Savini. All, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Stephen King himself acts in one. That's almost my favorite. Well, he's also they made Creep Show two, and Creep Show two kind of sucks. But the best part of Creep Show two is it. Stephen King again. Yeah. Plays, uh, I think my favorite creep show is watching um, Sam Malone. Uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Oh, Ted Danson, Ted Danson in creep show oh, yeah. is Cause, uh, amazing. Is it Liam I, Neeson in that? Yeah, not Liam, uh, sorry, not Liam Neeson. Um, uh, uh, no, I, I'm blanking. I, I just had it on my the tip of my tongue. The, guy, the uh, naked gun guy. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, but I always love to see <laughs> Ted Danson in kind of an evil role. Just because, you know, like, he's always so goody-goody kind of guy. Like, yeah. But, like, seeing Ted Danson as a jerk is always just <laughs> nice to me. I don't know. I, I love to I see people that, <laughs> people that are generally loved by the public playing a bad person makes me a little giddy. Uh, you know? No, there's a couple TV movies with Andy Griffith. Um, oh, where he's horrific, mean? Where he's bad. Mm. He's like he's like a corrupt small town sheriff or something. And he's like, oh, no. We're not going to have this going on here. He's Should we always cover it? so <laughs> good. He's so good when he's bad, you know? Because awesome. you don't expect it. But, mm. Yeah, yeah I, liked, I liked seeing Leslie Nielsen be a villain in that. Anyway, go, go watch Creepshow. If you... If you enjoy horror comics and you enjoy things that are gloriously 80s and, you know, yes. some, some campy Stephen King action, you definitely have to see that if you haven't already. Um, so, yeah, so... Back on to what we actually are covering. <laughs> we, we wanted to do a compare and contrast of two versions of this story uh, and all through the house, which is a evil Santa story. And perfect for this time of year. Yeah, um, I technically ended up doing three versions because then we pseudo read the original comic through a YouTube. I wouldn't call it a reenact. It's like a reading. No, I, play I, by play. I, it's a motion I, comic. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would call it a motion or a kinetic comic where some uh, someone had fan dubbed in the dialogue. There we go. Mm -hmm. um, Talk to the young guy for all the I, technical yeah. terms here. <laughs> So, yeah, so was, we did technically kind of do three versions of it. I'm glad it. we did that because I wondered if at any time yeah. during, the, during the uh during either of the other versions that we watched, I wondered if they ever copped any shots yeah, from the panels. From, yeah. which they they really, really, I didn't detect uh, that. But I think at the same time that there was more inventive. Yeah, not exactly shots, but definitely the entire layout of it. 
was stolen from like all the going down the stairs. Oh yes, uh, they all featured the stairs. Mm-hmm. They all featured you know the windows. The and windows. The creepiness yeah. there and right. I'm trying to remember that shot of her on the, the stairs. The movie one down. didn't have any snow though. Well, let's explain what yeah. the Sorry. for people who are listening to this and they don't know that there's more than one version of this. I think a lot of people, if you're in, you know, like a 20 to 40 something age group, you're probably somewhat familiar with the Tales from the Crypt show and you may have actually seen this segment. Um, but you're probably maybe, you know, unless you're a Hammer Horror Amicus fan and horror uh, a fan of uh, 70s British horror, you may not have seen the original Tales from the Crypt film, which came out in 1972. Um, and it actually has the first filmed version of this story. And it's, it's part of, it's a horror anthology, and it's basically... Uh, it has like a wraparound story where you have a bunch of characters and they're in this sort of cavernous place with this uh, monk-like figure who is probably a stand-in for the Crypt Keeper, although the comics also had the Vault Keeper as well, and then Mm -hmm. the Old Witch. Mm -hmm. They had three sort of comic horror host type characters, which I think is great because they very much have a humor of a horror host. The Crypt Keeper, the Vault, was it the Vault Keeper? There's the Vault Keeper. Keeper. And the old witch, because there was three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. The, and the old witch was a direct port from one of the uh, the radio shows that they yeah they yeah. The, the the original entertainment comics were influenced directly by the horror radio of the twenties and thirties, which apparently is people. Right. It, every, everything is a remix all the way down. That's another one for homework. Go Google Lights Out, and they got a bunch of them. It's on, on the archive. internet. Internet Archive has internet a bunch of the episodes. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah. So if you want to check that out. Um, so anyway, we've got a 1972 version of of this story, and uh, it's the star of the story is Joan Collins. Joan and Collins. She yeah. is a woman who has just murdered her husband. And it's, I believe it's like Christmas Eve or right around it's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, because yeah. the little girl Santa's is coming. waiting for Santa. That's yeah. right. I don't know why. It's I a very it was Jones Colony role. You know. I was just very distracted by the white seventies decor. In the oh house. my god, that house! <laughs> I I want to own fifty percent of the furniture that was in that house. Yeah, it was great. For those but, watching at home, uh, uh, or. I haven't seen it. It's um, it's a little bit like that Clockwork Orange kind of. It's not quite. Yes. As, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. It's not quite as futuristic as but, Clockwork Orange, but that same kind of style. Oh like, yeah, definitely. But, definitely a lot of metallic, a lot of white fur. Yeah. Um, a lot of yeah, the, the, the the fur rug she tries to clean straight, the straight straight and... metal piping for all the lights and everything mm-hmm. everything's connected by a metal pipe somehow mid-century and... shag pad mm, I, yeah. love that, I love that phone the phone that's just kind oh, of... oh it's wait, not you... the princess phone it's another one because the princess phone's that one that's kind of like a circle right? yes yeah. that's right yeah but it's There's got... a name for that phone, though. It's very mid-century modern. The like, top people part... are obsessed with trying to get that phone. Yeah, the, t- the top part is kind of like a ham radio kind of thing with mm-hmm. a stem. And then the base has, you know, the... You have to the turn it upside part, down. But upside down it. is the dial tone. It's like the best... Um, 
Later on, I'm probably you know? gonna call out what the name of that phone is. But I'm googling it, <laughs> figuring it out. Anyway, so good though. So, so just before we get too much further into this, we are gonna discuss it in in depth, and you know, spoiler warning for all through and all through the house. If you've never read the comic or, or seen, seen the... any of the versions, we're gonna talk about it in depth. It's um fairly easy to go at least check out one of these versions. I, I think all of it is available in some form on YouTube. Um, also, you know, if you want to uh, rent, I think you can rent episodes of Tales from the Crypt, I think, through YouTube directly, um, oh. possibly Amazon as well. And if I didn't really do my homework on that if one. If you're Sorry, in the guys. Portland area... You can do what we did, and we went down to Movie Madness, <laughs> and we rented both this movie and uh, the first season openers, like the first few episodes, episode something through something, from Movie Madness. Uh, we can't say it enough times, Movie Madness is amazing, and we just saved it. It's now a, it's going to be a... A non-profit, so it's going to be around forever. It's going to be a museum God. now, partly, too. Yeah, well, it's already kind of partly a museum. Anyways, mm -hmm. Google Movie Madness, and the next time you're in Portland, if you don't already live here, go to Movie Madness. Yeah, skip, it's a sight to be seen. Skip Voodoo Donuts. Screw Voodoo Donuts. Go to Annie's Donuts, and then go to Movie but Madness I would say, and I, have a good time. I would say in people in other parts of the country, um, if... If you can get together with some friends and some people that have interest in, in film, uh, if you don't have a store like Movie Madness in your town, um, start talking to people that are into film. Even like bad film, B-movies, just strange low-budget classics. And uh, see if you can't cobble together some interest in getting a video store like Movie Madness in your town. Because it's a, it's right. a great thing for the community. Or if you have a video store in your town... Go check it out, you yes. know, because there's a good chance they've got something in their video store you can't see anywhere else. Right. Like, yeah, who not knows everything's what gonna get might digitized. be there. Yeah. So, yeah. so just to back up just real quick, so basically, you know, we're giantly patting ourselves on the back because we went and supported our local video store <laughs> and rented both, both the Tales from the Crypt episode that has this and the... Uh, the Amicus production from 1972, which came as a double feature. You get the Tales from the Crypt movie and the Vault of Horror, two for the price of one, which was awesome. Anyway, um, yeah, so a lot of video stores are turning uh, are turning to the model of becoming a nonprofit and becoming a community archive as a way to survive and continue to exist in the age of streaming and everything, you know, being digital rather than physical copies of, you know, well, I mean, DVDs are digital as well, but people just aren't really into physical material anymore. So this is a really nice way to be able to have um, some preservation for rare films that haven't been digitally archived yet um, or may never be because of lack of interest and in funding. Things get forgotten about on the cloud sometimes and then they disappear. Well, and, 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 you know, if you happen to live in a major city, there's a good chance that you have something similar to this happening in your community. I know Seattle has a really great video store that recently became a nonprofit as well, and I think uh, there's some stores the on the East the Coast that are doing place, that. The place we went to in Salt Lake City, the theater and the video rental all in one. Oh, gosh, I don't know. We'll have yeah, to add it to, like, liner notes remember. or something. Yeah. And, and thank you for... 
for all the guys at Horror Movie Podcast and all the podcasts that are in there in Salt Lake City for bringing us to that spot. It was an amazing spot. Thank you. It was. Yes. Yeah. All right. So back to back to the uh, the matter at hand. <laughs> so again. so yeah. So this is this this version and and the the main thread of the story is basically you have a woman who's who's unhappy with her husband although in the uh 1972 version we don't really get a lot of background we just see joan collins whack her husband no her her husband seems by all accounts like an all right person yeah yeah, yeah. he's the... he, he he is placing a present for her under the tree he's jovial he's wearing a little shriners cap for christmas it's a christmas shriners oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a christmas paper, shriners christmas papers christmas yeah shriners and, and you know he's 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 humming carols to himself he's sitting on the couch he's just having a good time he doesn't doesn't have a bad word to say at all yeah. and then joan collins just bashes his head in from behind with a fire poker yeah and that's it <laughs> And I think I said it while we were watching it. I think it's because she's Joan Collins. Right. She yeah. just has to. She just doesn't need a reason. It's like Joan that. Crawford has to slap people. Joan, Joan Collins has to be hit people with a fire be a conniving gold digger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. So as after pretty soon after she kills him and she's trying to figure out what to do with his body, there's an announcement on the radio that there's an escaped uh, lunatic at large wearing a Santa costume and hijinks ensue. So uh, anybody have any thoughts about this particular segment as far as... Well, I want to point out, I don't know if anybody noticed that, as it starts and it kind of pans across the room with all the decorations, that tree, (laughs) if you take a look at that tree... It looks like about like three trees like crammed together into one. I was like, "What the hell is that?" Is that I didn't even notice the tree or I, a bush. The <laughs> thing I noticed the most painting across was actually the old electric oven. The like, oh, I am a geek for old kitchenware. Oh and sure, yeah, <laughs> that oven was amazing, but. <laughs> So I didn't even remember there being a tree in the room at all. It kept coming back to it, and I was like, you gotta fix that tree. But, uh, oh, I didn't notice the oven. I did notice, though, that, um, whatever's covering the, um, the fireplace. Yeah, the, the fireplace hood is, like, hood, a metallic right. thing with, like, oh, yeah. uh, like, mm-hmm. bass relief, uh, yeah. I don't know what it was. Was it suns and moons? I'm trying something to remember like some kind yeah. of like and design I want to say it on it. It was also fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, that thing was beautiful. <laughs> what, what stood out to me mostly for the uh, the Joan Collins one was uh, her emotions, and in general, the whole thing felt much more subdued. Oh yeah. Rather than the mm-hmm. the, the 80s one, it was. It was more tense and more, I, I would say, implied horror. The, the I, I, I guess more psychological than the later one. Because the later one, the lady in it is just screaming her head off mm-hmm. and she's emoting and the, everyone's cracking wise. It's, it, it's, it's so much more it's, of a comic Yes, story, it's, it's, yeah. it's zany horror. It's weird. Right. But the, 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 this, this one is tense and there are a lot of tense moments. And I think, Chris, you mentioned earlier the, the windows scene. There's this wonderful shot where the... The crazed Santa maniac is stalking outside the house, and Joan Collins is pressed up against the wall. And you, there's a wonderful low angle shot up at Joan Collins and the killer outside the window above her, looking in the window, and her looking fearfully up. It is just this. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. And there's nothing quite like that 
in the later version. Right. That's yeah. a, that is a really great shot. It was suspenseful, too. Right. It was. This Genuinely. version was much more the slow burn suspense of it, you know? There yes. is a lot of shots where you can see Joan Collins um, in the foreground, and you can see the maniac in the background, and you know she doesn't know where he is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, it's it gives you that that dreadful, like, that... The chant of, oh, God, look behind you. Just look behind <laughs> yes. you. Like, yeah. that in horror is always a great moment to me because it's, it's the part where you engage with the movie and you're almost mad at the victim, you yeah. know? Yes. You're like, you know what? You deserve Don't to go die in that door. Yeah. Although, yeah. I, again, though, it's hard to be sympathetic for Joan Collins. Right, because she did have, just kill her husband. We, we have no background for why she may have killed this person. Well, she did go straight from killing him to the wall safe yes. to double check that she had we're, we're assuming on this one we're assuming it's an insurance policy yes. we know later on life from, insurance of some kind yeah it's yeah. a life insurance policy but yeah she goes straight to that vault like as if she didn't know it was there yeah <laughs> I like the extra little uh, there were little smaller little details in this one about the um, there's the blood and trying to get the blood out of the, right. out of the carpet the and carpet. then he oh well no i guess he's dead at that point but she's trying to get rid of the body and she's at the top of the stairs to the basement and just kind of dumps him in and he rolls down the stairs yeah this is the only one slumps and, and she she realizes then that that that'll look good for the body later if right. she takes some of that blood and puts it by his head in the basement it looks like he falls and hits his head. Right, fell down the basement. Didn't she scoop up the blood with a champagne? Yes, she did. She she did. She she did. Like scoops up some it blood out of the and a champagne. Well, so, I, you know, that's something, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's, that, the, the, the champagne glasses and the, you know, when she's washing her hands, she's got those really gaudy bracelets and everything Mm -hmm. and it really builds her character as just very materialistic so you can Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense well and she also after killing him she goes and sees what he got her for christmas which is a really weird thing to me (laughs) yeah it's like oh hmm and um jumping forward into the comic version just because this directly connects in the comic version she has a little like uh joking to herself after he's dead like oh i guess i'll never find out how he felt about the tie i bought him (laughs) so in the comic like she almost she's joking about him because she just wanted him dead but in this version she's so obsessed with herself and me 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 and what do i get that she's going through the presents and going, oh, what did he get me, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that he's dead, I can open my presents now. Yes. <laughs> and the the maniac, I should say, was a little bit underwhelming in this version. He right. seemed, so he, you know, he didn't look particularly crazed. He didn't look, I mean, he, he looked like a general, you know, kind of Salvation he, Army Santa. Yeah, that's what I thought. He looked he, more Santa-like. Yeah, he, he didn't even look particularly <laughs> shabby at well, all. Right. He did have a little bit of a veiny distraught face to well, him, uh, you know. To me, he looked a little this less like... like that today. He looked a little... Well, that's exactly it. He, he did. Looked, <laughs> he, looked, he looked a little less like bloodthirsty killer Santa and more like 
that slightly out of it, maybe a little drunk mall Santa. Well, yeah, it's, it's mall doing. Santa after a long day. Yeah, he just needs yeah, to yeah. belt a few he's back. He's been keyed you know? on like five times. Yeah, but 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 when the radio bulletin comes on and says crazed maniac Santa murdered four women already, you know, lock your doors, keep your children safe. This right. isn't the guy I was picturing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I have a couple notes because I actually took notes this time. I'm and the only one. Oh no. Oh no. I, well, I took notes of things Drew said. <laughs> oh hey, you took notes for me. I love it. <laughs> because it was funny when when she's bent down and she's doing her scooping up the blood for the staging the scene, and then later she's trying to actually scrub the blood out of this pristine white carpet that she's murdered this yeah, guy it looks on. like a white polar bear rug. Drew makes the comedy. He's like, good luck with that, Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And it then, was very a, a Lady Macbeth moment. Yeah. You, were, yeah. you brought up that the blood looked just like, like that classic hammer blood where it's just... Oh, it it's is. cherry red, you know, like you're well, putting that so on a Amicus, Sunday. How is Amicus connected to Hammer? Um... It's, they they were a separate company and at some point I believe merged. I believe they merged for economic reasons and I don't remember when that is and I could also be misremembering that but I, I believe that Hammer and Amicus became one company at a certain point. I don't think they were at this point. But like um, them and Hammer and um uh what's his name? Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh, Herschel Gordon. They oh, all yeah, right yeah. at that time period the when the red. gore was like Wait, we don't have to sell sex anymore. We can just bash someone in the head, throw some red paint on the wall, and right. people will buy that just as much. It had that uh, thick, almost it, like always had bubbles in it for some reason. Like I think <laughs> they, they just stirred it just it, and then it, threw it on the ground. Yeah, it reminds me of watered down acrylic paint. Honestly. Yeah, well, it's or like almost more tempera paint. Well, mm -hmm. um, but like a, like a little bit of a foam to it, and it's very <laughs> opaque. Yes, and it's bright. Bright red. Well, I seem to remember um, uh, Dick Smith, uh, makeup uh, classic uh, makeup guy, Dick Smith. I think he had done makeup. Oh, he did Exorcist. Mm. Okay. And, and so then also uh, Rick Baker, right. who's won multiple Oscars, uh, studied under Dick Smith. And I remember uh, getting a book out of the library years ago. Uh, it was an old book by Dick Smith about monster makeup. Mm -hmm. And his own recipe had what do you call it? it was photo flood which i guess is like a development fluid if you're developing in a dark mm. room or something so maybe that maybe that's a similar concoction that they used for that right because you know sometimes they use chocolate syrup sometimes they use carol yeah. syrup well chocolate syrup in the black and white days yes was famous mm -hmm. for it and then you know carol syrup with um you know red food coloring and then a touch of milk a lot of times people put in there, oh, which right, gives it yeah. like that slightly opaque, because otherwise it just looks too glossy and clear. Mm -hmm. I'd spent way too much time trying to make fake blood in my oh, totally. <laughs> It's fair. And trying to make homemade squibs, which is dangerous. To make. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> totally. But yeah, so, but that fake blood of that kind of time period, and I kind of wonder on some of them if it's also a lot to do with if. Some of them were probably filmed in Technicolor, and Technicolor just makes red pop so yeah, much. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it definitely was that blood, and she was trying to wash it out of a white, shaggy yeah. carpet, and it's there's gorgeous. no way that was coming out to where no. you're going to 
and convince any. I cop. was like, what kind of what kind of whiners used to get that out? <laughs> I was thinking this was poorly planned. <laughs> yes. R- related to this scene, I remember. I don't know why this stood out to me, but the scene where she's washing her hands, where you guys notice the bracelets, it stays. It, it it focuses in on the sink where she's washing her hands and the blood's coming off, and then she pulls the drain out and it's just draining, and you see the blood water circling down the drain, and it mm-hmm. holds on that shot for a good, like, five or ten it seconds. Does, yeah. And I didn't understand why it might have done that, but it stuck out to me. Like, oh, I guess we're... What does this mean? I still this it's a popular kind of, shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it I still think that's kind of a Lady Macbeth thing. Yeah. Like, it yeah, just goes yeah. back to that Lady yeah. Macbeth trying to wash her hands clean. A lot of people mm-hmm. love the blood in the sink. Yeah, washing blood off, trying the, to get rid of evidence. It's all it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a it, well, it's like blood on snow. Yeah, blood on snow the is gorgeous. Yeah, you yes. know, people love it. It's beautiful in movies. Yeah, and I, and I noticed. I think the contrast in that shot was really good because you had these wonderful white suds contrasted with this bloody water that she's right. washing her hands off. Which is why that. blood and snow is exactly good. It's yeah, that white yeah. and red just right against each other. Okay, okay. So. I had a thing I wanted to bring up about this Please. version real quick, if I could. Um, so, I noticed at, pretty soon after she catches the news report that this maniac's on the loose, she goes and she locks the, I don't know, 17 locks. No, it was, um, I'm exaggerating. Locks. I, I, but they're gigantic. Because I counted them while she was doing it. She has four <laughs> yeah. different locks. Which is, which is great, because I think that really adds to the ending, because she's, you know being stalked by this killer Santa and her little girl's upstairs waiting for Santa and all her efforts to keep Santa at bay Mm -hmm. and eventually she goes and discovers that her little girl's let him in because she thinks it's really Santa Uh, and and it's just so perfect it's like she's got all these locks on her door and it's doing her no good of Mm -hmm. of any kind she was foiled by a seven year old (laughs) but aren't people often foiled by seven year olds (laughs) I think that's that's an everyday occurrence Anyway, yeah, I just liked that they zoomed in on that for a moment, you know. Oh, yeah. Look at all these, all these locks on the door. And... False sense of security. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Four locks on the door, but you got a window five feet away that can just be broken. Yep. <laughs> well, does anybody yeah. have anything else they want to add? Or... Yeah. Uh, to that episode? Yeah, to that episode. Final note on that one for me, and I guess jumping back to the beginning of it, this either had the it it was early enough in horror where this hadn't become a cliche yet but it opens with i i believe it was bach but the toccata and fugue the organ music for the entire yeah and it's yeah. and it's like you know just man the the you know the guts you gotta have to use that in a horror it's sequence perfect. these days it's great yeah. it fits it perfectly but I wonder at what point it turned, like, because I'm sure, like, where Bach it became was, a joke. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I wonder if Bach composed it. You know, I'm sure it was sort of like, oh, this is a right. This is a funeral uh, procession kind of music, and then it was well, some I, point somebody. I was like, think Ooh. it's vampires. Right. <laughs> it's it's just it's one of those things where it gets used enough times where then it becomes the butt of its own joke. Yeah. And. Yeah then people can't use it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. quicksand, you know? There's a point where people are just joking about getting caught in quicksand, <laughs> and you can't use it in the movie anymore because people are like, really, quicksand? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Until they encounter it somewhere in the wild. Oh, man. And it's uh, not funny. 
funny. I watched that Mythbusters. <laughs> 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 the dying quicksand. Anyway. But yeah, that was that was my only note on that. Is that the and and the crypt keeper in this is an old man who is. Oh, he's got an awesome chair. Yeah, he's got oh, a great. That, he's got, he's got a skull, skull throne. Skull throne. Yeah. That at the very end of the movie, if you watch it all the way through, has flaming eyes. Yeah, flaming eyes and 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 a door into the lake of fire, a literal lake of fire. <laughs> which so. which everyone well we already mentioned where bad folks go when they die die. it's just like the song they all like quietly pleasantly just walk towards (laughs) the door that leads to the lake of fire though that's true because they're just like polite about it like okay we're dead let's Uh, go and burn in hell the dmv (laughs) like yeah i guess (laughs) they gave up having not seen uh the other segments in that uh in the movie i'm guessing that all those people in that room right. are have done something, done something bad. bad. So connected then with what the original EC comics had done was that they the were sort of morality tales. Yes. Yes. You know? yes. So so you're really seeing you've got the anti-hero protagonist of the story, but they're getting their just desserts, and mm-hmm. it's it's great. You know what it is? It's uh, Grand Guignol. Yes, kind of theater. Very much so. That's sort of, it's a morality tale. These people did something wrong, and now you're going to give us, see you it, get it's, punished. It's you know? interesting that you bring up the, the, the morality angle of it, because that was an angle that we talked about in the Night Gallery episode as well. Mm-hmm. It's, right, it's, yeah. It seems like, you know, for as much as horror faced censorship, and people, you know, don't necessarily like horror because it's, you know, it's... It, uh, has a bunch of uh, distasteful elements in it. There's a lot of moralizing that goes on in horror, and maybe more yeah. than you might expect. Right. Well, I think a lot of the moralizing at the end of it mm-hmm. is it gives the viewer kind of an out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to like watching this person get murdered and tortured because they did things that were wrong and they deserved it. <laughs> like, they yeah. deserved it. It's okay. Don't worry. As... We're not doing anything bad. Okay. But later on, I mean, post-90s and stuff, you started getting weird stuff where people are just getting killed for no reason. Yeah, as, as opposed right. to modern horror where, you know, a teenager wanders into the wrong warehouse and, you know, gets chopped to pieces or whatever. Or one of my favorites is, and John Carpenter, who was grown up with the EC comics mm-hmm. in Assault on Precinct 13, one oh, of his originals. Beautiful. First, I'm pretty sure it's the first murder in the movie is them just shooting a little girl right. who just didn't even provoke anything. She just walked along the street and like, oh, that one dies. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that one just sets the tone of the movie. Like, yeah. oh, anything can happen. She wanted yeah. an ice cream mm-hmm. treat. She wanted oh. an ice cream cone. It was a little girl from Escape from Witch Mountain. It was oh, really? a tiny oh. bit traumatic for me because I was grew up watching Disney movies with this little girl. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're going to shoot her? Yep. I guess she was being a little annoying. Ain't okay. this kind of movie. Thanks, John Carpenter. Yeah, oh, we love John Carpenter. Yeah, we do love John Carpenter. All right. Are we moving on to the next segment? Or? Yeah, so, yeah, so... On to the TV version.
television series first aired in 1989, and the first episode, we think, had three segments, and that this version of All Through the House was the second part of that, um, or possibly the second episode, but I remember watching... They all aired on the same date, according to Wikipedia. Well, I also, I was trying to project back to when I was a teenager and I used to watch you know, these late at night with friends after we'd gone out and done stuff, we would, you know, be like two in the morning, you gotta watch Tales from the Crypt late night in syndication <laughs> on Fox, you know? Yep. Anyway, so we would watch, and I always remember there was more than one story, if I'm remembering this correctly. I don't know, it was 1995, so it's it's been a while. But uh, this, anyway, so this uh, particular version, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who was one of the creators of the TV series, and it, uh, was starring his wife, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, who some of you may know from The Goonies, or uh, she had a small part in Romancing the Stone for Romancing the Stone fans. I was looking at her and thinking, where do I know her from? And then it's like, oh, she's the mom from The Goonies. Oh, pe- people's oh, moms who are yes. out there fans of Romancing the Stone. She's a really interesting contrast to Joan Collins because she's, you know, got this curly blonde hair and she's doing a lot of really expressive movements with her face reacting to situations where Joan Collins was, you know, looking terrified in parts, but she definitely was much more subdued and much more. down in her performance. No, and, and um, this woman was making witty remarks to herself yes. and had banter. and Right. Well, also in this version, though, they started off, they kind of gave you a reason to kill the husband. Yeah, what do you have? Yeah. They made him a jerk. And then uh, later on, she calls, we're assuming, a boyfriend. Her lover, yeah. Uh, her lover, some kind of the something. Answering that knows something. Message. The, the Vic monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, leave, your mes- leave your measurements at the beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave your name, number, and bag. your measurements. I'm probably yeah. out partying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a guy you want to share your dead husband's estate with. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. He's trustworthy. So they give you a little more background in this one, which I really love liked mm-hmm. um it was a little more filled out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was also quite a bit more gore i would say yeah yes. definitely because there anyway. was in the first one it was the poker just whacked him upside the head this one the poker had a had little hooky guy it's on it and it went just... straight in the forehead and then they do that great i mean like the bit where then she's trying to her daughter's like mommy what's going on and she's trying to Pull the poker out of his dislodge it, and yeah, it keeps yeah. like when they pull in his head. Back. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they had really good practical effects where, in the beginning, it's it's really seamlessly too, where he's making his comments and she's standing behind him with the poker, and then he bends down out of shot, and then he comes back in the shot, so they just. He bends down, and they bring, I'm assuming, a dummy the head, because yeah. I don't think he took a oh, poker yeah. to the forehead. They bring a dummy head back up just enough where you can see the head, and she whacks that. So it's, it's all really a one-shot well take. Yeah. Really yeah. great practical effects. Right. And this this one had a lot of the horror comedy in it as well. There's a yeah. shot later where she's trying to bury an axe into his forehead, and she <laughs> takes she takes three swings. Yeah, there's one oh, just to the left and one oh, just to the right and then one just right right in the goalie locks, right in the spot. Yeah, that's definitely some Zumeckis uh, yeah. <laughs> charm right He's there. Good, very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, and the, even the 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 killer Santa, he's got 
he's creepier and more demented, but at the same time, he's more cartoonish looking. Yeah, like very yeah. exaggerated right. facial he's definitely and makeup. He's definitely straight off a comic book page. He looks you know? a little intoxicated. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, oh, he's got his missing teeth. Usual missing yeah. teeth. Yeah. Like it's, it's very much straight out of the comic. Although, well. Mm. Well, when we looked at the comic, it didn't. It doesn't didn't really, really show us very much, much. But it's yeah. very much that close up, like no, and that's ghoul face, and that's a, that's another contrast. She has there's much less suspense in this. She confronts the the killer Santa within the first five minutes of this segment. You know, right, they, right. they they come to physical blows with each other before the final encounter, right. and she actually beats him in mm-hmm. the first one. She she knocks him out cold in the snow for a little while. Yeah. Um. And we should say that this, the, the, she, she in the second version is not very quick on the draw. We were accusing her of not planning this murder terribly well because there's a, a murdered husband. She's hesitant to call the police because she's being stalked by a psycho killer outside. And we're all screaming at her, you know, just blame blame the murder on the psycho killer. Right. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to think it, twice about that. Which she does come around to the realization She of takes that her pretty, sweet time getting yeah. there. What, yeah, they they didn't do that in the other version. Not at all. But we never thought of it in the other version because the body wasn't outside. Oh, no. I think she does. Right. She does in the Joan Collins version. Um, there's a brief moment where she's about to call the police, and then she no, she looks, she, she, she right. tries to make it look like an accident. The right. Oh, she, oh wait, she yeah. tried to make it look like he fell down the stairs. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, in this in this one, it's there's very clearly, you know, you've got a killer on the loose, but he's out cold in your front lawn. You've got a body in your house right. that you can pin on him. All because in this one, she it's the only one where she kind of had uh, an already planned idea of how to get rid of the body, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so she was already oh, dragging him uh, out. I think she was gonna dump him in a well. In the well, well yeah. yeah. Which she I was mean, gonna dump him down a well. That's a great temporary solution. In yeah, the, but it's, in the it's winter gonna time, get a little weird. In the summertime, in a bit. that's gonna be yeah. a problem. You're never gonna get to use that well again. No, but you know, it's it's the '80s. You had indoor plumbing. <laughs> it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so since he's already outside, where the Santa is. You just, it just connect the dots and just leave him out there and call the police and be like, Santa got him. Yeah. 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 The deranged Santa, I want to point out, also played by Larry Drake, who you will know from the terrible movie Dr. Giggles, if you remember (laughs) that movie from the early 90s. He was the deranged doctor. He was also, he played a mentally challenged uh I don't know if he was a brother of somebody on the show, but it was uh, the series L.A. Law. And I think mm. he won an Emmy for that portrayal because he's, he's just very good at it. And uh, he was also the mob boss in Darkman. Uh, but he's, he's a great actor, so it was cool to see him in this one, too. And this one, um, the little girl was a little more... Obnoxious. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, <laughs> if you do go and, and watch the the reading of the comic, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah. the guy that reads the comic and the play-by-play... Play, well, but if you watch this YouTube, I'm just <laughs> saying, the most annoying uh, little girl... I'm going to have to include a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and whoever whoever did that comic, God bless you, thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. you know, we're watch it. We enjoyed it very much. Yes, but, but boy howdy, your little girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely the most annoying little girl right, of the okay. three. 
Mary. Well, Mommy, what is I will. I will. I will include. I will include a link when when we post this and I post show notes on mm. our on our haunted Davenport site on Podbean. I will link. I will link to that so people can see see that for themselves. Share if the you don't want to read yeah. the comic yourself, you can have this guy read it for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so pretty good. Fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that was one thing I thought the little girl in the Amicus production was, was pretty cute and mm-hmm. really sweet and innocent looking. And then the, the little girl in the 89 version just was really obnoxious, like just the tone of voice. And she's like, Mommy, I want to see him. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of bratty in this one. I'll give you Santa Claus. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and then at the, the end, she's like, look, I let Santa Claus in. Like, you dumb shit. Of course she <laughs> did. Of course she did. Well, I, what, what I didn't understand is at the end there, why did she break down the, the mom? Why did she break down and scream? You've already beaten this guy in a fist fight once. You know, just, right. go, just go for round well, two. Well, she didn't leave her axe outside. Yeah, he she had did. the axe he at did. that point. But she had the right. high ground, you know? True. You know what? I would say that's... Well, a, she had the high ground screaming. also in that one. She had the gun. I totally forgot why about the whole scene Why didn't she take the gun? The gun. Yeah. At that point, she could have run back up the stairs. There was a whole scene that we totally forgot about somehow. Mm, that but... she almost had a gun in her grasp for quite a while. All she had to do was run back upstairs. This time, the door's already open. You could have grabbed yourself a high chair mm. and stood it in front and reached that gun and shot Santa away. And, and this, this scene, by the way, is only in the, the 89 Tales of the Crypt. It's not in the comic, and it's not in the, uh, right. the earlier movie version. They added a lot in this version. Yeah. The movie version was a little closer to the comic as yes. far as... You know, she's always inside, and it's a little more suspenseful. I thought the comic, um, as far as him reading it, was really suspenseful. Like, there was a lot of drawn out with the the radio was a lot longer, and there was a lot of her inner dialogue, and she kept going back and forth on what to do, and, like, really conveyed her confusion of the moment, that high-pressure situation that yes, she just right. didn't handle. Well, like, the, the it, comic was really good at well, the, the comic, she starts, she starts boarding up the windows and everything, right. and so then it's with the windows then she's got to take care of the body then she's got oh then she remembers the killer outside she right. it's so and all the time she keeps remembering frantic. she's got to hide that body because her daughter's gonna come down yeah. and see the body what if she sees daddy yeah you know? yeah well it seemed though like there was a little bit of there was a little bit more of a similar tone as far as the humor with the 89 version to so, the comic mm-hmm. but as far as you know some of what happens it seems well except for though the 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 amicus version doesn't really give you as much background and right. the background's actually in the comic story about there's an insurance policy right. and there's a plot and she's actually planned this you just see it happen in the amicus version and nothing is it really kind of explained. implies it more yeah but it's yeah. also a faster it's a shorter, I believe. I think it's a 12, 12 minute segment. Yeah, 12, yeah. it goes 12 versus by pretty 20. quick. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they so had to cram a lot in there, and they had to for just, a twenty minute. Yeah, they had to do a lot of showing rather than telling, and so you know that's where it was the the safe. With she looks at the paper, you just kind of assume that she's checking on the will, and you know definitely the you just gotta hopefully assume, I guess that the guy's a jerk because she had to kill him for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want to point out too, like in that's consistent in all three of these kind of portrayals, is that 
how deeply does that daughter sleep with all the commotion oh, yeah. oh, that goes yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. yeah door, doors banging, screaming. <laughs> screaming you know? There's so much screaming. Yeah. Yeah. In the comic book, she's nailing boards to oh, the yeah. Yeah, hammering yeah. and all, okay. all sorts of stuff, yeah. <laughs> and also, man, how traumatized is she going to be, you know... In the comic, it says that the the father figure who gets murdered in the beginning is a stepfather, but, you know... So her dad's out of the picture. Her stepfather gets murdered. Her mom gets murdered by evil Santa, maniac Santa. Right. Who, it stated, does not attack children. So she's alive at the end of this. I believe it was only in the comic that they made a point of letting everyone know that he doesn't attack children. men or children. Yes. Only men if he's provoked. Only right. And he's mainly just out there killing women. Yes. So yes. that must be then why but she, that sets it up that she can't blame Santa on maybe, her husband's yeah. death. Right. Yeah. But my point is the daughter lives through this. Oh, yeah. Right. And she gets yeah. to live with the guilt of having let her mother's killer into the house for the rest of her life. Well, if you watch Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, eventually she's going to dress up as Santa and start killing people. <laughs> that's really, that's, that's how put, it works. She'll put the claws in Mrs. Claus. Oh, oh dear. She's going to be Mrs. Claus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't. oh boy. Yes. The... the the TV version, one thing I also gave it points against, and it's not its fault, it's just the era it came out in, but it doesn't have as great of furnishing or decor. It's got that 80s, mm -hmm. like, late 80s, early 90s, just boring, drab. Things are over-inflated. You know, you got the overstuffed couch type situation. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it reminded me a lot of Home Alone, actually. Like, Very much so, Ke yeah. Kevin's house in Home Alone. Oh, it totally like the same is. place. It's about the same era, kind of. Yeah. yeah as far as home decor, at least. Uh, uh, well, that yeah. kid probably would have had a better chance against the killer. He, he, he was prepared oh, yeah. for Evil Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great crossover. What <laughs> maniac Santa versus Home Alone <laughs> versus sadistic kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Goodness. Yeah. Uh, is is so... there anything uh anything else to say about the uh, mm. HBO version or? I was actually just curious. To, did you guys have a preference of one version over the other? Oh, uh, I actually of them. I I really like the comic. <laughs> but okay. of, the, of the two filmed Besides, versions, yeah, um, I liked the I liked the overall feel of the movie version better. It was just a little more um, slick to me, and like a the pacing. I mean, I it had to be paced fast though, just to fit it all in there, right? Mm -hmm. And just the the overall feel of it, it wasn't as campy. But then again, the comic was fairly campy. So, but yeah, I liked I liked I liked John Collins a little bit better. I I felt I felt okay with her getting it in the end. The yeah. other version, I kind of felt a little bit bad for her in the end. Yeah. You know. Although I love that uh, her up the, and comings. The the HBO version, I love that scream at the end. I mean, she just oh, there's a lot of screaming at the end. Yeah. Of that. yeah. Screamy, just her mouth opens beyond what could be reasonable, you know, and, and just screams. And yeah, true. I really love, I love that. I think that's a fun, I think that's a fun little touch at the end. Um, and I love 
Larry Drake's psychotic Santa Claus in that mm. one. Uh, <laughs> just because he looked more of the part. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did. But, he had, but, like, kind of a look of, like, he didn't quite even know where he was. Like, he He didn't know what was going on. He just knew he was in a Santa Claus costume yeah, for some yeah, reason. Somehow. And this woman on the stairs needed to be killed. Because <laughs> she was naughty. Because uh, she was. Oh, yeah, that's right. It ends in that great no, line, nice. naughty or nice. No. She was definitely naughty. I liked the, um, I liked the frantic pacing in the comic book yeah and i like that was the, great i like the campiness of the hbo version right and i like but i loved the subtlety and the style of the british one of the of the right. um, of the 72 yeah, they all thing. had a really good positive note and none of them shared the same positive note yes exactly you know they yeah, all that... figured a different direction for it yes and that, that 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 was my main point is that i don't think i could pick a favorite of the two versions because they're so different um i like the suspense i like the decor um in, in the first one and i liked i liked the carols a lot on the radio i think the radio played a a more central role to what was going on in the movie version yeah um, right there yeah. was a there was in the movie version there was so much shown Mm -hmm. without having to explain it yes like they conveyed so much in that short time that wasn't necessarily there was a lot left out well there was more put in into the the tv version yes. but they had so much time there that to fill, if they yeah. put in like the same amount of of uh you know nuance that the the movie version had they mm -hmm. basically could have done an, a whole movie's worth of explanations and everything right. in that like what yeah. is it? they're like 30 minutes just yeah 30 25 minutes. i think yeah yeah um, was... oh no go ahead oh i was gonna say and and but the 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 tv version was also i mean you have you had robert zemeckis in charge of it and it's madcap it's almost like a, yes it's, it's, yeah. it's almost like a fever dream you yeah. know it's like this this weird killer shows up and you have this One thing after another yeah and, and, and you have this woman who's muttering witty remarks to herself after she's just murdered her husband and trying to you know drag his body out into the well and concoct this seemingly you know kind of fly by the seat of your pants murder scheme um, i love the when she talks to herself and like what she's gonna tell the police? Mm. Oh no! You oh, know, Santa got him. Yeah, Santa, didn't you, Santa? <laughs> Looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, and then you know, and then that contrasts with the comic version where you sort of have this this woman where the stress slowly mounts, where she had this plan, and it says that you know she's planned this out forever. She's got this house that's out in the middle of nowhere. There's no neighbors. There's no nothing. And she's got it down to the minute. What's gonna happen here? And then, but she didn't plan for Maniac Santa to show up. From Who plans for that? From Pleasantville. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, just south, south of here. here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There was a lot of cool camera work <laughs> in the... Is Tobey uh, Maguire in there? You're right. There was a lot of cool camera work in the uh, HBO version. Yeah. Um, there was, um, to the point where I kind of thought, oh, they must have stolen that from the comic book. That's such a right. cool angle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but they took that from the comic And surprisingly, they didn't. They just... They just added some more interesting angles. The shot from the well looking up, and then right. there's that great double, uh, double focus shot. Oh where, yeah, I uh, love a the, good double. There's like a yeah. there's a special oh, yeah. lens you have to have just yeah. to get that shot. It is hard so to it do, means yeah. 
a cinematographer actually spent the time, yeah. or the director, one of the others, spent the time as like, you know what we need in this scene is we need a double focus. We need we need to see their reaction and her reaction yeah. at the same time. This is the shot of um of the them the dead guy he's bleeding and he's and he's sitting up on the couch in the background is the daughter on the stairs yeah. and she's right. like yeah. oh is, is daddy coming to bed too or and she le- and, and, and right. he's dead and, and so because you got to be able to tell open. yeah because yeah. the daughter is talking to her the daughter has no idea daddy's dead and there's daddy just mouth open yeah blankly staring at and the so screen so the suspense that is like oh god is he gonna fall <clears throat> over and it's not until she leaves the shot that he finally falls for right him. and that's that same kind of going back to before the where the audience knows and the people in the screen don't know. And yeah. I think that suspense of, oh, God, just just look at the dead body. <laughs> yeah, totally. Get the heck out of there, kid. Mommy's nuts. <laughs> oh, poor kid. <laughs> oh, man. All she wanted to do was meet Santa. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that's all she wanted for Christmas? Well, she just wanted, to meet Santa? Do you think she secretly maybe wanted better parents? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, maybe she'll get that. Uh, Dear Santa, can I be a ward of the state? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I really like both. I, I think that the 1972 version works better as a straightforward horror story. Uh, I thought it was... I thought it was a lot creepier. I thought I liked the slow builds, the the shots where she's hiding by the window and he's looking in. I thought were genu- genuinely disturbing. Oh yeah. And and I thought what I really appreciated about the '89 television version is that it really felt like a live comic to me. I thought they did a really good job mm-hmm. of capturing, even if it wasn't beat by beat from the original story. I I felt like it was. It had the feel and and the essence of what that comic was, and I think that's what what you're going for when you when mm-hmm, you do an adaptation yeah. of something. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't really not recommend either one. You know, right. I think I think people who enjoy '70s slower burn horror are gonna appreciate the film version more, um, maybe. But you know, and people who like a faster pace and love you know, late 80s things and have that kind of nostalgia are going to probably appreciate the Tales from the Crypt television version a little bit better. If you like a little more comedy with your horror, you know, go for the TV version. And then, you know, for the rest of us who like both, watch both. Watch both. Definitely watch both. Very interesting to watch them side by side. Um, I always like doing that, you know, seeing different creators' takes on different uh, source materials. And then we got to see the source material as well. Also, I'd like to just, you know, give some love to the television series Crypt Keeper, because he's just the coolest. Oh, just, yeah. just yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. He shows up at the beginning of this segment with a creepy oh. rubber Santa mask it's over his face. It's more horrifying than the creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. disturbing. But then, you know, and, and that's the funny thing, is actually in the comic, 
the, I believe it's the vault keeper is the one telling the story, but he's also dressed in a Santa costume at the beginning and tears off right. the mask at the end. And so oh, it was, yeah, yeah. actually, that part was just, was right on point. Mm-hmm. And, but the Crypt Keeper, you know, was always, I think, most people's favorite part, his little segments. And he's this, he's this great animatronic horror host. Oh, yeah. yeah. Grand like, tradition of horror hosts. It's, it's like if Jim Hansen or Sesame Street got really, really dark, and that would be the Crypt Keeper right there. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, so yeah. someone who's, you was, know, he's obviously having a good time, but he's okay with murder and mayhem and all the good stuff. Oh, that he, he loves, loves it. Yeah. yeah. That's his favorite. It's wonderful. They didn't mention him. There's that great horror host documentary called American Scary, which if you're interested in <coughs> learning more about the history of horror hosts or, you know, you're a fan of Vampira or Elvira or, you know, Zachary, 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 the cool ghoul. He was, he just passed away last year. Um, anyway, uh, there's so many great people that were part of this tradition and still are, but they did not mention the Crypt Keeper. And I understand that, you know, there's not an actor on screen, but there's a person giving this, this creature a voice and there's a puppeteer and it's a masterful puppet. He's yeah. great. He's just high quality, you know, and, and I think if you're going to give a nod to the MST3K Crew. How could you not right. Oh, right. talk when, about when the Crypt of them are yeah. He was well, an icon. It, that's at the end in the credits. There's a Crypt Keeper puppeteers, and there's like six guys working. Yeah, there. so it's a complex for that puppet. for oh, all those people yeah. to work together to make because he's that not just a hands and mouth puppet like a Muppet would be with Google right. eyes. He's got movable eyes. He's got movable lips. He's got the, you know, the jaw moves. I'm trying to remember. Does, does his eyebrows and ears move? Uh, I, I feel like so, he yeah. has expression of eyebrows and ears yeah. as well. Yeah. And yeah. then he's, of course, got his hands. Um, basically, the only thing that doesn't move is, like, from the the torso down. He's mm-hmm. just a, a puppet there. He does. out a rigor mortis. Yep. There you go. Yep. He, <laughs> he does have the Muppet walk where he kind of does that little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he lurches forward. He lurches forward. He hops kind of. Yeah. He was honestly, you know, we were talking about it when we were watching it, but um, he was at the time, you know, it was like him and Elvira. They were, they were the, the grandmasters of Halloween yeah. you know, at that time. And, you know, and, and Elvira is still, you know, still the queen of Halloween. And, yeah. and you know, I have an she shall always be. Yeah. <laughs> I have an ex-girlfriend that just, I think, recently got a, a Crypt Keeper tattoo on her leg. Because mm. it's, it, it's timeless. It's, yeah. like, it's just so good. He's the Crypt Keeper. And he has yeah. all the, he does the, the one-liners. Just, yeah. You know, he's, he carries the tradition he has the, the the bad puns and props only, and things. The <laughs> only thing that might disqualify him as a horror host in the sense of that movie was doing horror host mm. is the fact that the Tales of the Crypt aren't movies he's watching that were already made. Those were made for the Tales of the Crypt. He's more of, you know, the host of the show. Oh, I got you. As opposed to horror hosts are often, or always, they are trying to give you entertainment during a bad movie yeah. or a movie yeah. in general. But I would argue that he deserves a mention anyway because he is hosting horror and the horror is sourced from comics that were, you know, from the 50s. Right. And some of those comics inspired people who made 
B-movie horror that ended up being hosted by other horror hosts. Right. So I feel it like all ties in. Horror hosts were it's... influenced by EC Comics. Yeah, yeah. He's, an un- he's an undead Rod Serling. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> he is. Yeah. Equally yeah. entitled. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and then also he's carrying on the tradition of those comics which had hosts. Right, they, all... they had horror hosts. And then later, I, I think, I don't know the exact date of when when. Uh, eerie and creepy came out as comics. I believe it was later, like a '70s kind of version. It was, mm-hmm. you know, different people doing it. But something I've always enjoyed reading. I like checking out the archives from the library and reading through a bunch of those. And they had, you know, Uncle Creepy. And right. They had, you know, their own little version was it of that. Cousin but... Eerie. I don't remember I think, what Eerie. I don't was. remember. Yeah. But... Well, and then there was the Vampira comics. Which and were yeah, kind and Vampira well. was also doing the. And she would do the horror hosting, and she'd always also have that kind of little punchline, one-liner at the end. Are we talking about Vampire with the the really, like, skimpy red? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She was in the same vein. She had her own little side comic, but she was the host of little mini vignette comics oh. that were always horror-themed, and oh, it was cool. always people getting their up-and-comings. Man. Yeah. You should, the, those, the... those are good ones to check out. Eerie, creepy, great to check out. All the EC stuff. Well, um, and EC was before all of that, so they really right. were the inspiration. There was, EC was the originator of horror mm-hmm. comics. There was a horror comic. I, I cannot remember what it was. I think it was only short-lived, and I, remember I only had one issue of it. And it was so good. All the stories were so good. There was a story about a guy that he had. He was a, a medical doctor, and he had one of those, like, split... You know when you look at posters and, like, a Spencer's Gifts, and they have the little flaps that... You'd move side by side. Like the old mad comics at the end. Uh, yeah. yeah the, well, so the then this sheet. is like slices of a, a cadaver. Oh. In these to little paints. Yeah, and so you flip through and, and it comes alive and it starts talking to him and it, and it has multiple word balloons saying the same thing because it's multiple like slices of him talking at the same time. Oh man, oh. horror comics are so good. <laughs> They're so good. Well, and, and they've given us some great horror television, so yeah, yeah I think absolutely. we'll definitely be covering more tales from the crypt in the future. But you know, it seemed like yeah, a some... perfect opportunity to talk uh, about you know, it. You know, the one we should watch is the one with Humphrey Bogart. Do you remember when they did oh, that? Oh, yeah, they, it's, that was it's, so weird. It's filmed all. It's filmed first person. Mm-hmm. But. So then at one point, they're like, hey, you look great. Take a look at yourself. And he looks in the mirror, and it's Humphrey Bogart. And yeah. they, like, digitally, and that was one of the first times they ever did something like that. Yeah, so it was right. like, oh, man, they got a dead actor in this thing. And, right. and uh, huh. We just watched Rogue One, so that kind of technique uh, is yeah, very yeah. fresh yeah, in my mind. Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, Spe- yeah. Speaking of Peter Cushing. Who yeah, was yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, the... Tales from the Crypt movie from the 70s. Yeah, different segments, so we right. haven't discussed it, but definitely. So, Peter so just again. on a side note, what did you, you think of CG Peter Cushing? It was, no. it was a little creepy <laughs> and unnecessary. Think, no. hey, uh, well, actually, so... It bothered me less than the really weird ending with Princess Leia. Well, yeah, it was yeah. CG Princess Leia. Yeah, was oh, yeah, odd, spoilers, uh, by the way. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, oh, but if you don't know what here. if you don't know what the ending is gonna be to that, then you didn't watch any other Star Wars movies. Right? Did you watch Rogue One? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, spoiler alert, don't see Rogue it, you One. You know what it is? It was one of those things. <laughs> I, 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 I rather enjoyed it. I think, uh, I think if they had left... This is totally not even supposed completely to be Completely unrelated. <laughs> no, okay. I will just really shortly say, like, with a few omissions, it would have been a much better movie. I, I, I thought it was a good story. My main problem with Rogue One was there was two times as many characters and half as much time dedicated to the ones that were important. True. I think I, I think the ca- you just need to pare the cast down, give more backstory to everybody you kept, you would have a fine movie. You know, if they're going to keep making uh, these Star Wars spin-off movies based on characters, then I want an entire movie with Donnie Yen's character. The mm-hmm. I'm one with the force, the forces of me. Mm-hmm. I want a movie just with that guy. Because yeah. he was great. I, I just want to see Jabba the Hutt dealing drugs and being a space thug. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's my that, movie. I would watch that. Super, right? I would watch you that. Know? It's like a it's a so mob movie. So I, it's like, I, I, I want to see yeah. Jabba the Hutt bad with no, Jabba the Hutt. No, 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 no I want to see no, Jabba no, the Hutt directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, Godfather. Job of the Hutt. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I want to see Ray Liotta swearing and doing a bunch of coke with Job of the Hutt. <laughs> Oh, where is that movie, so Disney? Good. Get on that. I want that movie now. <laughs> anyway, did you anyway. see the? Sorry, did, did you see the hoax thing about uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence in the Aunt Baru movie. Oh no! Oh, I heard it was that. Totally yeah, yeah, yeah. fake, but like it was. You so... know what? Some executive is like, we should do that. Aunt <laughs> <laughs> Baru. She's a stroking their chin. Yeah. No, it, that's this is anyway, how this is happening. Anyway, so yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I guess if we were gonna start a haunted Davenport drinking game. Take two shots. Every time, Every time we get sidetracked by Star Wars. Star Wars. And there was, there was something else that You're happened right. oh that gosh. happened in this earlier in this recording that I thought, gee, we've done that before, and now I don't remember what it is. But it'll come up again, I'm sure. So Is it fine. getting fine. sidetracked by decor of mid-century modern? I think that's it. Because we definitely got a little oh. bit obsessed with some mid-century modern designs. That's going to happen some the, more. That's, in you know, the last episode mm-hmm. as well. Spoilers for future episodes anytime there's fabulous 70s decor yeah, there will be we will take a moment Wars, to talk so. about it in detail whether you're into it or not sorry kids <laughs> yeah. anyways so uh, to wrap Shack this carpet. up um i thought they were going to talk about severed heads and we were just talking about <laughs> furniture i really liked that lava lamp <laughs> uh, Andy, didn't you have a collection of lava lamps at one point? I still, still do. Oh, okay, I still do have a collection of lava lamps. That's okay. The only I... person I've ever known that's had more than one lava lamp. But if you had them all going at once, how fun would that be? Also, an entire wall hazard. of lava lamps. Oh, I love that. It's great. I just, I, I just don't have the right size bulbs for all of them, so they're never on all at once. Oh. No. oh. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Huh. Well, I know what someone's getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. The Lava Lamp Sampler Pack. We're, well, oh, I, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, in the future, take a drink anytime we mention Movie Madness or future spoiler warnings, Hollywood Theater. So we're mm. we're we're proud of our, our cinephile, the friendly Portland city. amazing movie mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Was was it tonight Hollywood Theater had Christmas Evil? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. realized that after we scheduled doing this. We did this. not know. Have you guys seen it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I love I love that movie. If you, Andy, if you get... have you seen Christmas Evil? I have not. Well, watch, watch it. Well, it's, it's Christmas Eve 
Oh, oh okay. sorry. It's also known as You Better Watch Out. Right? <laughs> when you see the movie, you'll think, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Fantastic. It's a good time. It's, it's a great Santa driving around in a creepy Chester molester van and killing people so, yes, movie. With a very surreal ending. Oh, I love the ending. One of my favorite uh, Christmas horror. Well, no. It is my favorite, if you go to the Christmas horror genre, best <laughs> ending of all Christmas horror. There's a lot of Christmas horror out there. I know, uh, yeah. And yeah. that is the best ending to right. me. It really is. It, it, it definitely says Christmas <laughs> at the end of that movie. Oh, anyway. Man. So I this, do not want to spoil that at all. No, 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 right. no. no. Yeah. We will but not discuss that. We're not going to do spoilers of that. Go watch also, Christmas Also, we're not Evil. a movie podcast, but yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, even if we talk about Star Wars sometimes, we're not a movie podcast. Okay. We're not a Star Wars podcast. No, we, we are just get sidetracked. television podcast. Yeah, and so. And we watched some television today, and it was good television. It was. And we recommend it. Always recommend uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, it was a solid if, series. If only There's just a lot to of watch creativity the put into that. Keeper cackle. Yeah. His cackle, one of the greatest things. Um, I IMDB'd in the middle of it and found out that he does the voice for Buster Bunny on Tiny Toons as well. Man. Which was a little weird thing because then I started just thinking of of Buster Bunny with uh with a little bit of a lisp. <laughs> yeah. What he turned into for me. But yeah. Oh, quick quick thing about the the intro to tales from the crypt andy you mm. were saying that it looks exactly like the opening of the resident evil game not not the opening but the the first stage and the ground floor of resident evil one the mansion struck me as being very similar and uh, a small caveat to this it's been more than a decade since i've played any resident evil games but the ground floor interior mansion looks to my memory almost exactly like the interior of the ground floor of the crypt keepers mansion before you go down into the basement so, 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 so they come in and there's like terrible voice acting. The guy's like, man, what a mansion. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly it. <laughs> All right. Yes. So if anyone has some information on that little note. Uh, yeah, if, 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 if you have any insider info on what inspired Shinji Mikami in the uh, Spencer Mansion layout in Resident Evil 1, you know, the first one or the remake, whatever, your mm-hmm. call, let us know about that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think I'm going to try and post some uh, some images from the comic and both versions and a link to the uh, read, read aloud version of Alter the House uh, for, for our listeners to check out. And that'll be on our uh, podcast site at uh, the Haunted Davenport uh, at Podbean. Um, so we... Uh, we should have that, and then um, I think, other than that, probably that's going to be it for as far as details and notes this time. Maybe a link to Movie Madness, just so yeah. people know. Yeah. In case you, you know, you're listening to this and you live in Portland and somehow you've never been to Movie Madness. Or you visit, you know, I mean, this is, this right. is becoming a tourist destination, I hear. Yeah, yeah. And you if hear? you are... I, I wouldn't if, know. I'm not a tourist. <laughs> if you are visiting Portland as a tourist, it definitely is not something to disappoint as a tourist stop. Um, even if you're just there to look at the movies. I mean, obviously, if you're you're visiting on a few days and you're staying in the motel, it's a little hard to rent a, a VCR and rent a <laughs> tape all at the same time. 
Um, yeah, they, they got VHS and there, and yes, mm-hmm. we do own a VCR, so we can watch them. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> just stop in just to see it and look at all the movie memorabilia. They got a lot of cool stuff in there. They got the ear from uh, from Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, the head they used to blow up what's his name's head in uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, in the backseat of the car. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Isn't Mar- Marvin. Marvin, yeah. yeah Marvin's they blow up head. Marvin's head in the back. There's they some got Fight Club soap. Riff Randall's costume from Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> they got all kinds of cool stuff. There's some set miniatures. There's... From Ghostbusters and Blade Runner. There's mm-hmm. like a. Apparently, there's a miniature that was in both Ghostbusters and Blade Runner. Oh. Yeah. Well, there was that crossover thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, can we make that a crossover? <laughs> There's Hollywood's execs drooling someplace. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If they could do that with 21 Jump Street and Men in Black. Someday on this that. podcast, I'll have to tell people about my Rocky X Terminator X crossover. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. Or not. In a, in if you a, ever in meet me, ask me about discussion. my awesome movie idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do we have anything else for today? Uh, no. I just wanted to uh, wish everybody out there a merry and mischievous holiday, however you choose to celebrate it. Mm. Um, we hope it's enjoyable on behalf of all of us here at the Haunted Davenport. And we hope you will join us in January where we will be covering... Um, I, I believe we're going to cover something that... I'm a big fan of, and I'm now just announcing this to everyone, so it could Everyone has surprised else. looks yes, on their yeah. face. <laughs> I, I am right now currently on Shudder. Uh, they have the BBC production of Ghost Watch from 1992, oh, which yeah. was, uh, it, w- it was basically the War of the Worlds for 90s BBC production. Oh, wonderful. And it's great. it has been hard to find Ooh. for a long time, but Shudder has it. Uh, if you're listening to this Go um, watch it. before, I'm going to say mid-January, I don't know exact exactly when we'll record and release our episode, but um, you can do a, f- a free trial of Shudder through Amazon or I think directly through their website. And it's only can... like five bucks a month or something. Right. If you get it, if it's an add-on through Amazon Prime, it's $5. I don't know how much it is if you're just going through their website and oh, doing okay. a standalone subscription. But you can also just do it as a free trial and binge watch as many movies as you can, and it is currently on there, and it's it's great. It's creepy. It's a little piece of uh, BBC history, and it scared the pants off a lot of people. So we're gonna watch it here and uh, and give a review and maybe talk a little bit about uh, some of the reactions back in 1992 because. They did not air it again for a very long time. So, <laughs> well, there yeah. was uh, death involved because of it too. Well, it was Supposedly. it was they were blamed they were blamed for a death. So, mm. so that'll they be that'll be a death. fun spooky discussion for next time on the haunted Davenport. And uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us. And a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too.